the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody ready? Andrea K. This is your lucky day. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. She is wonderful, a beam of light. Here she is, Andrea K. <laughs> I was just thinking, I've been called a lot of things besides of. A ray of light or a beam of light, particularly by the left. All right. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight. It is Friday Eve. Yeah, we didn't have the usual soundbite there because my usual sidekick is out for the night. DJ Potato Skins, wherever you are, if you're listening, we miss you. Glad to have you back tomorrow night. But you know who I'm glad to have with me tonight? I've got a soundbite for you. Yeah. There you go. That's right. Y'all know who that is. It's DJ Jalapeno. That's the only sound effect I have. Sorry. <laughs> he doesn't play any other like political clips or anything like that. He, in fact, he's my music connection. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, and speaking of that, we got a little music clip to play for y'all. There's been a whole lot of talk about a, a certain musician this week who was so woke, he canceled himself by trying to take on Joe Rogan with Spotify. But there's actually another rocker who's actually rising up the charts with a song that's not getting a lot of play necessarily on uh, the regular FM dial, but it's getting a lot of play with conservatives, so we're going to play you a clip of that. Hey, lots to talk about today in regards to the fact that uh, Justice Breyer's retirement announcement was was uh, taken away from him, snatched away from him, and it was announced in spite of whether or not... He, I mean, I'm not even sure Justice Breyer was actually going to announce his retirement. He was kind of forced out, if you will. And so we've got to get into that discussion. Uh, there was a press conference today that involved Justice Breyer and uh, Joe Biden that I, I'm thinking, I, I'm wondering, actually... Where the progressives progressives are and why they're not outraged by the criteria that Joe Biden laid out. We're going to talk about that a, a little bit more. And in fact, after the first break, we're going to have Tom DeBocaro will be here, former head of the Republican Party for the state of California. You see him all over local and national media. He's an author. He actually ran and would have and would have beaten Kamala Harris, and he would have been a senator, but for the jungle primaries we have. And he's going to give his. He's also an attorney. He's going to give his expertise, uh, insight as to what he thinks might happen with the Supreme Court nomination, as well as uh, other political stories happening here in California. Like who is running against Gavin Newsom in November? Anybody got any ideas? I hadn't even seen one ad. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. Did y'all know that today is actually international? Holocaust Remembrance Day. Seems like nobody's remembered because I'm not hearing much about it in the news. And you know what? I don't think that's an accident. I think they absolutely remember that January 27th is was designated as International Holocaust Remembrance Day. And we've got Greg Roman, first time uh, guest on the Andrea K Show, is going to be here. He's from the Middle. He's the director of the Middle East Forum, and he's going to be here to talk about it. 
And then we've got some other topics to share with you guys a little bit later. Like the fact that we've got a war on the police. Everybody's talking about Ukraine. Oh, my gosh, we've got to go over and help Ukraine, according to the Biden administration, uh, secure their borders over there and possibly taking our troops into war when we've actually got a war on the police in this country. In fact, I think according to a report, 346 officers have been shot in the line of duty. Uh, in t- were shot in the line of duty in 2021. Three cops were shot today in Houston. We know that two lost their lives or funerals today of police officers in New York. So we're going to discuss that a little bit more with you guys um, a-, a little bit later on in the show. Okay, so um, SCOTUS. Uh, the, uh, the big, the big. Thing that everybody was talking about yesterday when Justice Breyer's announcement was made on his behalf. <laughs> you know what? He, and, and you know what? That's actually true. I think what happened was he, he expressed, uh, uh, according to inside reports, he was blindsided was the word that was used. Yesterday, initially, he was reports were that he was upset that the announcement had been, had been made on on his behalf. Today, it, he reports came out that he used the word blindsided. And you have to think about that for a moment. They blindsided this man and went ahead. He had planned supposedly to announce it in the summer, reportedly, and they just decided to announce it on his behalf, basically shoving him out the door, right, for political reasons. This is the only leak that I think we've had come out of this Biden administration. This was absolutely a willful attempt to shove this man out the door. And so it was a couple yesterday everybody was talking about, oh, and including me, one of the first things I thought of was, is is this because the play is in order to get the jump on 2024 as well as to distract people from his horrific poll numbers, how bad he did with, uh, you know, basically urging Putin to launch a war? Was this a great distraction? Uh, clearly, it's a play to win back the support and get the goodwill going again with the progressives because he did not, it was not able to deliver, it did not deliver the elections, uh, the election theft agenda that they wanted with HR1. But what uh, what the conversation has shifted today to what many are describing as an illegal discriminatory declaration that Joe Biden made today. I'm old enough to remember because I've been reporting on schools here uh, in uh, on my show doing education segments for years about how Harvard Law School lost a lawsuit and was found to be discriminatory and racist against Asians in favor of African Americans in their admissions process. And they're not the only university for which that has been declared, that you cannot, on, strictly on the basis of gender or race alone, have that be your criteria for admissions into that university. Yet what did Joe Biden do today? He made the announcement that he's only going to consider black women. How can you, uh, Justice Breyer, bless his heart, he did a good job of trying to remember. He was bragging about the fact that, you know, his, his grandchildren were being paid if they could recite the Gettysburg Address. And then he stumbled trying to remember the Gettysburg Address. Uh, seems like a nice man. Uh, um, at least his attempt to recite the Gettysburg Address was was charming to me. Uh, but so as he paraphrased the Gettysburg Address that all people created equal, uh, you know, how can you the juxtaposition on the one hand, they were they replacing Breyer with somebody who's equally uh, up to his standards, uh, replacing somebody that's going to live up to his legacy, so to speak, a white man, um, as he's talking about all people being equal. Right. 
And then they decide to discriminate against what 94 percent of the population Joe Biden does with declaring that 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 nobody who's white or male will be considered nobody, nobody who's nobody who's um, not black. Because let's think about this for a minute. Think about who he excluded in that. This is why the progressives might might want to be upset if they actually cared about any of the issues that they claim to care about. First of all, what about Asian women? Do we have an Asian woman on the court? I don't think we do. This is sure sounding like Harvard, right, who actually started downplaying the way that they discriminated against Asian applicants at Harvard was to actually down downscore them or um, – uh, in their scoring and their weighted numbers, they actually gave them lower scores for personality. That's actually what they did with Harvard. Think about that for a moment. Asian people, Asian people aren't, aren't, you know, good with the interpersonal skills, I guess, was what they were trying to say. Or they just were boring in a conversation. You know, not good to have at a party. Not going to get into sorority, I guess. But why not Asian women? Specifically black women? Is that supposed, supposed to be progress in this country? No, it's just incredibly divisive and, and equally divisive and equally discriminatory against not just white people. Beginning, what about Asian women? What about, what's that new category they've got on applications? Icelandic? Don't they have, don't they have a category that includes, that ha- has to do with um, the indigenous people like of Alaska? Do, do you happen to know, Jalapeno, that group of people? I, they, it's some new group that includes... Uh, uh, Icelandic, maybe, and even Eskimo people. This is the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah, so what about them? There could be a really, really amazing person who came out of an Eskimo tribe in Alaska and went to law school and is judge up in Alaska. They, They don't get consideration. Or what about the fact that the progressives in this country are trying to tell you there's something called non non-binary, that gender is a choice, it's a social construct. So if you're part of the LBGT XQY non-binary group, shouldn't you be offended today that they actually refer to, to the fact that there is gender, there is female? We got schools all across this country demanding the teachers, demanding at schools, institutions, government offices, corporations, where, you, where you're asked what your pronoun is, right? Because there's no such thing as gender. There's, there's so many issues from a discriminatory, discriminatory standpoint here that progressives should even be angry and upset about. But they're not, right? They're not going to be. Because the great thing about being woke is that it's not based on any principles. It's not based on integrity. It's not, it's not based on anything rational. It's based on feelings and emotions. And right now in this country, we know who's being rewarded and we know what the play is, right? That's all I'm going to say on that. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to bring in Tom Debacar and get his position on that because it's really astounding to me in the United States of America that in the act of, of, of discussing a nominee for the Supreme Court of the United States, which is supposed to be about calling balls and strikes, it's supposed to be about applying the United States Constitution, not writing the, the Constitution, not altering the Constitution, not writing law, but applying the rule of law in the U.S. Constitution. In the act of that, the President of the United States violated the U.S. Constitution and violated precedent, by the way, which is supposed to be so important, stare decisis, right? All right, we're going to take a break. Before we take a break, though, maybe it's time to play to rally you guys around a different message from Joe Biden, one called We the People. A COVID sneer is coming to town. We gotta act quick, shut our borders down. Joe Biden does the media embraces. Big Doc does it and they call him race. 
bringing you 21st century common sense. It's the Andrea K Show. Connect with the show at OurFreeNation.org. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea K on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys with me. Before the break, we're playing the hottest tune happening right now. Not the hottest tune, but one of the hottest tunes. And Neil Young is just like people like Neil who he thought he was going to be. He was the rocker of the week, right? Till he uh, gave an ultimatum to Spotify. And uh, it's either him or Joe Rogan. And they said, bye. And now to make matters worse for Neil Young, Kid Rock has uh, the rockinest uh, song right now for iTunes downloads. That's right, we the people. Hey, you know who's racist? Who's racist is Joe Biden for coming out today and declaring that, not declaring I'm going to find the best person who's, who's uh, you know, the, the most qualified for the Supreme Court. No, I'm only going to nominate a black woman. Here to discuss is a good friend of mine, Tom DeBacaro, attorney, historian, political pundit, brilliant guy, should have beat Kamala Harris if we had not had the jungle primaries. Y'all have seen him all over the media. Former head of the Republican Party here in California. Hello, my dear friend. Thank you for being here. Thanks so much for having me on. This is a great topic. Uh, five years ago in Forbes, I wrote a piece about the social justices. And that's what I refer to the left wing of the, uh, the Supreme Court. They pursue not the rule of law and consistency with the Constitution. They pursue social justice, which means they can depart from the Constitution if they think it doesn't result in the social justice they want. Well, absolutely. That's the play here because, oh, it's about time. I'm even hearing conservatives today. You know, it's you know, it's about time we have a black woman on the Supreme Court. This is historic. This is a good thing. I just don't like the way he did. Why is that a good thing? Can you can somebody help me to understand what what um, black skin with or without a vagina has anything to do with judicial skills? I, I don't get that. To the point to where, and not only that, but at the, at, is this not unconstitutional? I mean, we're supposed to be appointing somebody who's going to apply the, the U.S. Constitution, apply the rule of law, and then which is which is supposed to be about non-discriminatory uh, treatment among you know uh, American citizens, yeah, and in the course of that, we're gonna we're gonna violate the Constitution. It is certainly a horrific example to the youth of this country that you should appoint people not based on merit, but on trying to achieve a goal. Because the goal posts change. But that is the whole point of the rule of law, is to have a constant goal post. And if you're willing to live by a system where it's constantly changing, then you're really out the window. And I can tell you as a practicing lawyer now for 35 years, how disturbing that is to think that what do I tell my client? Well, today the rule of law is this, but for social justice reasons, that may change during the life of your case. And so, yeah, this is terrible precedent. You should pick someone 
was qualified, that would have meant that Elena Kagan, who had never even been a judge, shouldn't be have been picked at all. Mm-hmm. And Sotomayor for that fact. But no, they're trying to have the Supreme Court reflect America instead of preserve it. Absolutely. Well, I kind of like that line. Well, that's a great line. They're trying to reflect America instead of preserve it. But I'm not actually sure this even reflects America. It, it, how is this? In what way does this reflect America? We, you know, um, based upon skin color, um, there's do- lots of different shades of Americans, right? Uh, you know, um, I, I didn't know that we were supposed to be, you know, picking off of a color wheel in terms of reflecting Americans. What I would like is, I would like them to reflect America from the standpoint of applying the, what what every American is supposed to be protected by, and that is the U.S. Constitution. And instead, I even, yeah. I think I heard, um, I think Breyer said something today that the law should work for the people. No, the law's not supposed to work for the people. In other words, um, the law being something that's supposed to affect my life in a way that helps me. That's not what the rule of law is supposed to be about. Our U.S. Constitution was supposed to be about limited government. Is it? Is it? Were yeah. we right? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Breyer wrote the book "Active Liberty: Interpreting Our Democratic Constitution." So he, of course, believes in a living document, which to which I've always said, okay, if you believe contracts can be living, take your mortgage down to Wells Fargo or B of A and tell them times have changed. I want this to be a living document, so I'm not going to pay as much. They'd laugh you out of the stadium. Mm -hmm. But that's what they do with with the Supreme Court. And that's what gets into trouble, because by definition, they're saying the Constitution has to be hip with the times. Okay, which times? And how often are you willing to change it to fit the times? That creates an absurdity. Imagine if you change your clocks to fit with the times. This month, we're going to have 25-hour weeks, 25-hour days. Next month, we're only going to have 16-hour days. People would think you were crazy. Why does that apply any better to the rule of law? Well, it doesn't. And, and, when, and when we're talking about reflect the times, what times? Just because somebody decides now that, it, that you get to pick your gender doesn't make it so. That's not that, that they, want to, they want to change the times and say that we're reflecting the times. That's what's really going on here. This is about a cultural Marxist movement to destroy the fabric of of our nation and rebuild it according to their utopian ideals. And then if they can get it done through the Supreme Court, then it's declared precedent, right? And then it's forever a part of who we are. And that's the game plan here. That's why they want to pick people a part of their identity groups who have a certain ideology because this isn't about applying the rule of law. It's about changing the rule of law and and not even changing the rule of law, but basically changing America. I mean, when we're, I mean, how embarrassing that that we, I, I think I even had you on. Uh, didn't I have you on that the night that Sotomayor is going on and on about, you know, 100,000 kids in hospitals on ventilators? And, and I'm like, this is the yeah. first time in my life that I've heard oral arguments to where I'm not just hearing justices going back and forth with attorneys about the law. I'm hearing nonsense crap like I would hear on Joe, with Joe and what's her name on, uh, you know, the morning Joe show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. But yes, this they it's a social justice tool for 
and you're right. They want to, they have this animus that people are being cheated, but, and therefore we have to make up for that. But, but look, government and big business, and you can go on and on about who gets cheated by what. The point of the Constitution was to avoid government picking winners and losers, and that's exactly what they do in their role in Supreme Court. They decide who the winners and losers should be instead of in a, a neutral playground on which the Constitution keeps the barriers the same over time. And the solution to slavery in the 1800s um, has been met, uh, you know, in, in the form of we don't have slavery anymore. So we don't should not be now in this country um, – oppressing white people or discriminating against white people um, th- and through the Supreme Court nominations. That's, you know, we're, we're, it, it, we're, not cor- we're not correcting a wrong by now just flipping it on its head. Yeah, no, look, I don't know. When you were young, which was a lot shorter ago than me, didn't you learn that two, right, two wrongs don't make a right? Yeah, that's what we're told. But here's an idea. Since I think that they're, I'm wondering why the progressives aren't screaming. Who uh, He's talking about a woman. I thought there was no such thing as a woman, right? I think Tom DeBacaro, I think you might need to self-identify like Rachel Dolezal. I think you could just say, hey, you know what? I'm not Tom anymore. I'm Tamika. And I'm, and I'm like Rachel Dolezal. And I'm, and I'm identifying as African-American. And so I want to throw my hat in the ring. And sue if you don't get and sue if you don't get uh, get consideration. And I'm kind of half joking because maybe that's the kind of thing that we need to do here to kind of knock this nonsense off. Yeah, you're not. You're not. Our lawsuits reverse. Yeah, it seems unlikely. I'm going to do that. (laughs) But but you're right. I'm glad because I don't think we want to see Tom in a wig and lipstick. And no, we don't need to see Tamika Delbacaro. Okay, last question while I've got you on the show. Two minutes. I texted you last minute. It occurred to me that we've got a governor's race. We've got an election coming up in November, and we do not have a Republican running. We do not have a significant Republican running, yes. And that's the danger uh, with one-party rule. And I, I, I think someone will emerge. I don't know how big, but the way the system currently is run in this state, uh, it discourages the two-party system. But the Democrats love that. That way they can impose universal health care tax increases. And, oh, by the way, try to say your 12-year-old who doesn't even know their own medical history that they should be taking vaccines. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's already passed appropriations, this AB 1400, which would take us to a single-payer uh, system here for health care, which would increase taxes on every household for at least $12,000 a year. Past appropriations, even the L.A. Times is complaining that there wasn't even a debate on, on, uh, on the, the financial aspect of it. It's just moving its way through. Of course, you know, they're trying to tell, uh, you know, the Californians, look, don't panic. It'll be at least two years before it gets implemented, but it's on its way. And in the meantime, we just don't seem to have anybody that's it's like the Republican Party, at least in the governorship, is just people just thrown up their hands. And I think that the recall that failed, I think, is just just left people feeling hopeless about taking the state back from a, from from that level. 
And in, and in San Diego County, we have over 230 seats where Democrats are running unopposed. What we've got to do is we've got to somehow get people to not think it's hopeless and just to think that they, you know, and just at least make an effort and try to run for office. Want to wrap us up on the on that end? 30 seconds. Yeah, you big uh, um, unions, states, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania all flipped from deep purple to or blue to red over time, and that can happen here as well. Well, thank you for being here tonight, Tom. I appreciate it. And uh, Talk to you soon. Th- thank you, hon. Y'all just Google Tom DeBacaro, Political Vanguard, and you can find his, his books, The Divided Era, and all of his other articles and his topics and see his appearances. All right, stay tuned because we are going to remember the Holocaust. It is International Holocaust Remembrance Day, and Greg Roman from Middle Eastern Forum will be with us. The Andrea K. Show, strictly adhering to and preserving our First Amendment. Follow Andrea on OurFreeNation.org. Just search Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show, 888-344-1170. If you'd like to join the show, we'll be taking some calls in our last segment of the show. For now, we're going to be remembering the Holocaust. Because today is International Holocaust Remembrance Day. This day um, was chosen January 27th by the United Nations General Assembly because it was the anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz and Birkenau. And we remember this day because of the 6 million Jews and others who were murdered during the Holocaust. And, you know, I've been talking about this. I don't I don't, don't wait just until January 27th to be remembering the Holocaust. It's something I talk about on a regular basis and even mentioned the Netflix documentary recently I've watched because um, I think we have, I'm not sure if we've really forgotten as Americans or if they really remember and just no longer care or if there's actually a less benign reason as we know of the rise of anti-Semitism going on in this country. Joining me now to discuss is Greg Roman. He's the director of the Middle East Forum and what they do is uh, they help keep uh, the remembrance of the Holocaust alive, and they promote American interest in the region and protect Western civilization from Islamism. And he joins me now. Hello, Mr. Roman. Thank you for being here on The Andrea K. Show. Hi, good evening. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here, as I said. Um, has the world forgotten, or um, these are just the, some things that I've been canoodling, have we forgotten? Because I haven't heard hardly anybody talk about it today. Is it that they've just forgotten because it's been so long ago, or is it that they no longer care, or is it because we've got um, some issues going on in America around the world in which we've uh, there's... Um, some partnering going on with people like the Democrat Party and the Islamists. In the immediate aftermath of the of the Holocaust, there was a term that was coined as never forget. But now it seems as if though members of this country, by far and large, are saying never mind. What that means is is that you have individuals who go on by their day and they don't think about the Holocaust. The people who are descendants of Jews who suffered in the Holocaust don't think about it. They try to sweep genocide under the rug and move on with their daily lives. And the reason why this is happening is because for one or two reasons, one which was brought to us during the horrible synagogue attack that took place in Colleyville, Texas, about a week and a half ago, when the FBI said that the attack wasn't about Jews, it was about a political target. <laughs> Well, that political target, Afia Siddiqui, 
was calling for the murder of Jews. And this mm-hmm. goes all the way back, and you can trace its roots to the same nefarious intent, the oldest form of pernicious hatred in the world, that of anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Hitler and Siddiqui had the same mentor, and that was the originator of violence against Jews, as individuals who wrote those horrible books calling these massive conspiracy theories during 3,000 years ago and perpetrated until today. The second is the permeation of political correctness, of saying that we have to consider everyone's rights, everyone's feelings, which is fine, but God forbid we try to take one day a year where we commemorate the slaughter of 6 million Jews that took place between 1933 and 1945. Uh, They would rather speak about issues dealing with what's going on on TikTok or Facebook or this uh, faux political correctness that's coming up now, that whether Joe Biden said something the right way or the wrong way. Today is the day we commemorate the Holocaust, and it shouldn't be a day for anything else, at least for the leaders of this country and those countries which were involved in World War II. Well, we, we, it needs to be a day that we remember, and it also needs, and that remembrance needs to be not just because it's absolutely horrific and it's heartbreaking and it should have never happened, and, um, and, and their lives need to be remembered, and their suffering needs to be remembered. But we've got to make sure it doesn't happen again. And all we hear about is hate crime, hate crime, hate crime about you know, other groups. But we, we don't really hear it uh, to the extent that the number one group of, who's suffering under hate crimes in this country is the Jews. And they, they have this, a small percent of the, of the population in this country, I think it's, what, 5%, but 60-something percent of all hate crimes it's not Jews. even 5%. It's less than 2%. Oh, okay. See, yeah, it's it even worse. the most targeted population. Of, 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 you are absolutely correct. And now we have organizations which are claiming to be civil rights groups, like CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations, which, don't be fooled by the name, does not represent a majority of American Muslims. In a recent Pew poll, only 5% of American Muslims claim to be represented by this organization. Given the sample size, I'd say it's even less. But you have organizations which are masquerading around as civil rights groups that are openly shielding anti-Semites. Mm-hmm. You have organizations in the far left of progressive uh, Democrats of America who are openly calling for the ethnic cleansing of all Jews from the one nation state that they have in this land. You are openly seeing Nazis on the far right cavorting with Islamists on the far left agreeing on the same talking points and getting in the mainstream media because, God forbid, the Jews have a day where we remember them. And, and, and it, 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 it's really, it's just unbelievable. Well, I think it's even worse than that because I think— It began with words, you know? It, it did. And, you know, speaking of words, I mean, words matter. And Ilhan Omar is an anti-Semite. She has no business being on the Foreign Affairs Committee. And we had an, no it, in Congress, none, none whatsoever. Foreign Affairs Committee, right? And we and we had um, Rashida Tlaib draping herself in the Palestinian flag on the night of her election, right? The we have right. it, we have the United well, States of America and our government. We've had it, the Muslim brother, Brotherhood has infiltrated our government, and the Muslim Brotherhood was invited I, to the you, White House, and they didn't have to they didn't have to go through clearances. And they've stated that their goal is to, over, to overturn the, the Constitution with the Quran. And the reason why this is going on, Mr. Roman, if people don't want to admit and be as open as I am about it, that the Democrat Party is partnering with the Islamists because they share the goal of a centralized system of power, right? And and, and so that's why 
Um, they're not willing. That's why they wiped clean the counterterrorism unit of, of anything in the, under the FBI related to uh, Islamic terror. And that's why the FBI came out and lied about the connection, because they don't want to connect the dots between the Islamist and anti-Semitism. I, I just want to offer one point of clarification for Islamists. It's not just the Muslim Brotherhood. It's individuals from Pakistan, from Indonesia. Yes. You have the minority population in India, Diobandis, Shia, Iranian. They come in all different stripes and all different colors, but they do not represent a majority of American Muslims. They have a disproportionate part of the narrative as it relates to the promotion of extremism. And if the Democratic Party is worried about recruiting Muslim voters, it's not the Islamists that they should be partnering with. It's mainstream Muslims who recognize the Holocaust, who participate in Holocaust Remembrance Days at synagogues that they're neighbors with. It's the kind of mosques that come out and support the Colleyville Synagogue. Yet they are the silent majority of American Muslims. It is the radicals. It is the extremists. It is the Rashida Tlaibs, the Ilhan Omars of this country who have the voice claiming they represent this minority and giving it a bad name. And the Absolutely. fact is, is, is that the Muslim Brotherhood itself, it's not about the Quran. It's about them pushing their agenda on us, and they happen to be the loudest in the room, and they get the most media attention. Absolutely. And that is the biggest problem. Like we said, it starts with words, and unfortunately, they yell the loudest. Absolutely. That's why CARE got to be, uh, would, uh, when we had the, the Pulse nightclub uh, slaughter, who, who was the first people with the microphones? It was CARE. Warning against warning against Islamophobia while, while American bodies lay, lay bleeding out. You're absolutely right. And that's why I, I'm very specific when I use the term Islamist versus Muslim. Um, you are 100 percent correct. Yeah. And you were 100 percent correct that one of the one of the mistakes that we've made in, in, the, in the war on terror is by acting as though, well, we were only fighting these particular groups, Al Qaeda or ISIS. Right. When when it's about an ideology. It, it versus and we've got an open border right now to where we've got Yemeni terrorists come, coming across that that's been documented. And, you know, we're and, and, and it's as though because of so much other politics, you know, just people aren't talking about it. And we've got to do both. We've got to remember the Holocaust and what happened. We need to be showing the movies and, and talking about this in our schools instead of the CRT uh, nonsense. I mean, we've also because if we don't remember and we don't specifically talk about, like the fact that Hitler partnered with the Muslim Muslim Brotherhood, if we don't if we don't clearly remember all aspects of it, it will end up happening again. That's exactly Nazis, Islamists, in the making of the modern Middle East. The book by Wolfgang Schwanitz that my organization actually sponsored uncovered those connections between Hajimin al Husseini. And Hitler, and you see the same kind of alliance being formed today, except it's coming from the far left. You have these hyper woke individuals who try to cancel anyone else who agrees with them, and God forbid that an individual with a Semitic background comes up with an opinion that they disagree with, and they all of a sudden give it a term. If you're a member of the uh, LGBT community and you are Jewish, and you stand up and you say, "I support Israel." You're considered to be pinkwashing if you're a member of labor and you say, hey, you shouldn't boycott Israel because it's the wrong thing to do. They actually back workers' rights. Now, regardless of where you stand on these issues, they're all of a sudden accused of being part of the plutocrats. There's these double standards that delegitimize and demonize and disregard Jewish participation in American democracy, especially on the far left, because they try to use – 
code words, which at the end of the day actually mean that we don't like you because you're Jewish. And this is the same type of phraseology that was used in 1933 when Hitler took power. It's the same type that Arab nationalists use between 48 and today. It's the same type of rhetoric that al-Qaeda used, and Mm -hmm. it's being repeated again. You know what comes right after that unless civil society backs off against it and fights and says we will not accept this in modern-day America. Well, what more do we need to do as we wrap up here? Uh, let's let's have you sure. go to a call to action on what we need to do as a society and 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 as as well as it means supporting your organization. I have a, a very good friend named Dave Levin. He's down in Atlanta, Georgia. He used to run marketing for an organization called the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, and he said the best thing that you can do is you can relate to the individual who is on the other side. You can speak their narrative, speak their words, identify and sympathize with their struggle. And once you accept them for who they are, they will accept and listen to you for who you are. So it starts not with speaking, it starts with listening. And one of the best ways to listen is to see the perspectives of different people from all different backgrounds, not just Jewish and those who are involved in the fight against anti-Semitism, but the wider fight for Western values. And if you want to understand where that comes from in the Middle East, you can go to our website, meforum.com. O-R-G, or follow us on Twitter at ME Forum. Well, Greg Roman, thank you so much for being here uh, t- today on this really crucially important day. And I just appreciate you and all the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Now, y'all stay tuned. More Andrea K. Show coming up. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K. Show, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. Andrea K. telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. That just happens to be one of my favorite songs. Here comes the high stepper, Heidi Kamosi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of high stepping, I got to give a shout out to my girl, Sarah Palin. (laughs) Y'all know what she did. She went to New York City where they've got these uh, mandates, right? You can't go into a restaurant unless you're showing your shot, proof of your shot. Well, she dined out at some restaurant called Elio's. Not only has she not gotten the shot, but she reported that she was COVID positive. (laughs) But asymptomatic. She was there. I guess she's got a lawsuit going on. I think it's against the New York Times. And uh, because she had tested positive, I think the case was put on hold or the trial was put on hold. So people were just absolutely horrified. How dare Sarah Palin, who tested positive for COVID-19 last Monday, which is like, you know, a week and a half ago, how was she able to dine in a restaurant, right? Well, according to um, uh, the New York Times, a spokesperson for the New York Times said... um, She will not be uh, uh, investigated by the city because, and I quote, the many agencies that enforce the vaccination rules issue violations only for incidents that have been observed by a city inspector. Isn't that interesting? Well, this begs a couple of questions because, first of all, why isn't everybody just going out? Why why are y'all complying with with this tyranny? The many of you in New York City who don't want to get the shots. Um, just going to, I mean, cause there can't be having an inspector sitting around in every restaurant, you know, 24 hours a day. Right. But it also begs the question as to why people have been arrested. Oh, but wait. Yeah. That was, remember how we saw that family? Uh, it was an African-American family. In fact, that was hustled out of a pizza joint. I think it was, or maybe a Burger King. 
Uh, that was the restaurant owner who had called the cops. And shame on the cops, by the way, for dragging that family out. I just, th- this story gave me a chuckle. I meant to follow up, though, before Sarah Palin with a story about, uh, um, just to piggyback on my interview with Greg Roman from the Middle East Forum um, and uh, the the left partnering with the Islamists. Check this out. You know, Trump had put, y'all know the deal with Iran, right? You know, they, they've been declaring their goal to wipe Israel and the United States off the map. Y'all know that the Obama administration, which included Joe Biden, uh, laundered hundreds of millions of dollars to Iran to aid in their nuclear capabilities. And then here comes Trump. He put sanctions on Iran that were w- working so well, according to this article, that the mullahs were unable to put together enough money to pay Iran's United Nations dues, right? Um, so the sanctions were working, right? Well, wait, hold up, though. So they can't afford to pay their dues to go into uh, the United Nations. So enter in who decided to rescue Iran and give them $18 million the Biden administration. So the Biden administration steps in, and in less than two weeks, they arranged for $18 million of blocked Iranian funds to be released to the Iranians so they could pay their dues. And the, according to the article, as they put it, the niceties were carried out by the South Koreans working with their own Treasury Department. So the United States of America gave $18 million through the South Koreans to Iran. How nice. Right. $18 million. This is from the Daily Caller, by the way. Um, I think I mentioned at the top of the show, historic numbers, 346 officers were shot in the line of duty in 2021. Shot uh, not by um, legit gun owners, right? These were these are in places like where we've got the strictest gun control laws, right? Well, that doesn't stop uh, the left from trying to go after lawful gun owners. And we've got a first law of its kind in San Jose, I think I mentioned this last night, in which they have um, uh, passed a law that gun owners have to uh, own have to purchase firearm insurance, which it is not even a, a product I think that even exists at this point, and they're going to have to pay fees that are then going to be used to go towards some type of programs as yet to be defined, some annual fee that's going to go to a not-yet-formed nonprofit that w- that could possibly promote for something that has to do with some kind of gun pro- – I mean, I can't even describe to you what this nonprofit is going to do, with these what these gun programs are going to be about because it hasn't even been formed yet. This is just a money grab. This is just a way to deny people their Second Amendment rights. Harmeet Dillon, who's been on the show many times, has, uh, is representing some plaintiffs who's filed a lawsuit that said that the law compels people to purchase insurance that doesn't even exist and then forces them to give money to some nonprofit to promote some message they don't even agree with. This is the first of its kind, but let me tell you all, this is what's going to carry across the country. Stay tuned and come back tomorrow, Friday Fun Day, tomorrow night on the Andrea K Show. See y'all then. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.